1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Ian, it uh, is our opportunity here together to actually finally um, have a little conversation about Demarius Thomas uh, and honor his memory. It was uh, shocking news last Thursday as we sit here and record this, the Thursday of Week 14 football um, to find out that Demarius Thomas had passed. And I know everybody else has done their uh, tributes, and I appreciate them and have seen a lot of really great stuff out there about Demarius Thomas and, and what he meant to the Broncos organization, what he meant to his family, uh, what he meant to the community at large. And, and quite frankly, the impact that Demarius Thomas had on Broncos country, on the community in Denver, uh, is one that will be his legacy forever. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I chose not to get into it in the postgame recap after the Broncos beat the Lions just because I felt like it was kind of a tough spot for me to be in by myself. But I will admit that this was news that hit me a lot harder than I would have anticipated it hitting me, mostly because I think and I, and I saw this sort of voiced really well uh, on Twitter uh, and uh, it it was a really... Interesting way to look at things. We weren't so upset about the fact that that Demarius Thomas passed away. I mean, we were, and we were sad, but it was the time lost. It was the fact that he was so young, and you knew he had more to offer and more to give. And because of that, it really was a devastating blow. And quite frankly, as a player, one of the greatest players in Broncos history, I, I think you can put him up there as one of the top two wide receivers in Broncos history. It's him and Rod Smith and then everybody else. And so, as a player, you have that. He's made some of the most memorable plays in Broncos history. Obviously, the Tim Tebow throw in the playoffs. First, the first ever playoff game that used the uh, overtime rules where a touchdown wins and the first play is a touchdown, and that's it. And that was sort of the first time that that ever happened, could, ever could happen, and it did happen. And it was all because of Demarius Thomas being able to do what he could do on a football field. And then his legacy in Super Bowl 48 and i know you know they won Super Bowl 50 but he was the only bronco that showed up in Super Bowl 48 he actually set am i not, am i wrong in saying he set a record in that game for most catches by a wide receiver so in a, a horrible losing effort for the broncos demarius thomas shone the brightest and it, his smile was infectious his attitude was incredible and if you know his story to know Where he came from and the man that he became and the impact that he had is an incredible legacy for him to leave behind. Gone too soon, obviously, but really an opportunity to celebrate the greatness of the man himself and what he was able to accomplish and how he was able to impact the people around him.
1: When the news dropped, my wife and I had just gotten back from Tombstone. It was our first ever trip to Tombstone, Arizona, the historic... OK Corral and the Birdcage Theater. And then we get back to our resort and the news drops of Demarius Thomas. And the first thing that comes to my mind is Darren Williams. And obviously the circumstances are completely different. But the personalities and who they were and the smile is what I always think about with Darren Williams just that infectious personality, the, the smile that showed you the true, genuine soul that it reflected. And that is Demarius Thomas. I had the privilege of covering Darren Williams. I had the privilege of being around Demarius Thomas for a few times out at training camp. And that is always going to stick with me about just how infectious they were, that, No matter what was going on, they had a smile on their face. And anytime you interacted with either of them, you had a smile on your face. I'll never forget the last time I interacted with Demarius Thomas. I was doing a story for Mile High Report on him finally being able to hit and play somebody else, and his smile just completely outshone the sun. And it was a, a bright, typical Colorado August day training camp and he was just gleaming and that's just who he was and you mentioned the plays that stand out for him the tim tebow catch against the steelers the super bowl 48 performance he also caught peyton manning's first touchdown and peyton manning said when he when he saw demarius thomas catch that and run into the end zone against the pittsburgh steelers how ironic was it that Both of those plays happened against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he said, Peyton Manning told the Denver Post, this is going to be a lot of fun. And it was. And the thing that I will always be so excited about Demarius Thomas is what he did for kids. And he really was, as I coined the, a pad, true Pat Bowling Bronco. Like, he did it on the field, but he was even better off the field. And he just wanted to make sure that kids didn't have the same upbringing that he did, that that people are loved and people are cared for. And I think that will be his legacy.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it's interesting. I will say one more thing here. Just uh, there was a, a, a sort of a push on social media to retire the number 88. I'm not sure you can really do that, although uh, I think some sort of – um, tribute to him on the, you know, somewhere in the field would be great, uh, for the rest of the season, obviously. And then there was also sort of a push to get him in the ring of fame immediately. I actually would like for them to hold off on that and actually prepare a really, uh, meaningful ceremony for when they do put him in the ring of fame. Cause he belongs in the ring of fame. And as Peyton Manning said, he's a hall of fame player. And so he probably belongs in Canton as well, but, uh, he definitely belongs up in the ring of fame in Denver. Uh, at Mile High Stadium, I'd like for them to do it right. I'd like for them to actually plan out uh, the 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 correct uh, tribute that that he deserves, the opportunity to um, allow his family to come in and and have their moment and and do it right. And I think that would be the best way to do that. And so I hope that that's what happens. I hope that you know they wait until next year. I do don't I you know I do think they don't need to wait much longer than that. Go ahead and get it done. We all know what's going to happen, and uh, do it next year, and, and do it correctly. Make sure that uh, everything is done right and and done proper, and all the all the correct people are there to celebrate, uh, and and give all of us in Broncos country another opportunity to celebrate the life of Demarius Thomas and the impact he has, has had uh, on our community.
1: And I think that's why this was such an um, an, an emotional event, was because he really was a special person. It wasn't just something that it was an act or he was someone on camera and someone off. He was a genuine, authentic, special person. And I think that's why it hit so many people so hard throughout the league, All of his former teammates wearing the number 88 sticker on their helmet, Von Miller and Matt Prater, Deandre Hopkins. He, he left an impact. And that's going to be his legacy, but it's also why it was such an emotional gut punch when everyone got the news on Thursday. And, and it's not going to go away. And maybe, I said this in my preview at PlayColorado.com, maybe the Broncos can use this as a way to motivate and inspire them to go on a run. But it, we'll see. I, I just think that it just it sucks at, that he was 33 he was going to turn 34 on Christmas day. And I mean, we're both in our forties now. I just, it, it just, it, it really is emotional. And I, I like the way the Broncos handled it. All the tributes from Justin Simmons and all the players run into the 88 symbol on the sideline. It was, it, it was a, a special moment and it was a special game. And I had, what better way to cap it than on their last touchdown drive than to go 88 yards?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not usually a big believer in things that like that coming together, but I'll I'll, I'll take that coincidence uh, a, a thousand times a day. That that was fantastic, and so I guess at this point we do have to move forward, right? Just like the Broncos have to move forward. So will we? Uh, and it is Week 15, and the Broncos will be playing the Bengals. So I guess we're on to Cincinnati, although they're they're actually on to Denver. If, if we're being honest, because the game's in Denver, but but we're on. I see, I see what to, you did there. <laughs> we're on to Cincinnati, I suppose. So let's let's do that. And I think first things first. Holy COVID, Batman! But not in Cincinnati. The or Denver in, or in Denver. So the news around the league is uh, COVID everywhere. COVID here, COVID there, COVID uh, in your
1: soup and hair. But uh, I, I want to seventy-five doc- players that's, in two days. It's a huge testing number. positive for COVID. And, yeah, it, it, I mean, it the Ram, the Rams had to shut down their facility. Well, and it's
0: not just in the NFL. The NBA, you had the no. the the Bulls no. had to sh- had to postpone two games. Uh, I think the Calgary Calgary Fl- Flames Calgary had to oh, shut you down said right. Calgary, Calgary. yeah, isn't that how you're supposed to say it? It's not absolutely it's not Calgary. It's Calgary,
1: Calgary, just the like Calgary uh, Flames,
0: just like they're the les habitants, and you have to say that yeah. right too. So yeah. I, I can in do Canada. hockey. Yeah, like you Canadia, up there in the Canadias. Yeah, totally. So it's sports Patrick in general or Yeah, wah. Patrick Roy and Elway. Yeah, it's uh sports is is suffering a little bit right now with just trying to figure out what is going to happen with COVID. And uh, we're going to let other Ill. people figure that out, right? Yes, because we we can't. I'm not I'm not smart enough. I'm not an epidemiologist. I, yeah, I did not uh, I did not do well in my science classes. So, you know, I don't claim to be a scientist. Although it would be cool. I think th- I should have been a scientist. That's what I should have done. I'd have been a good scientist. No, I'd have been a bad scientist. All right. <laughs> we should move on to football. Let's talk about let's talk about the Bengals. And let's talk about what's going on with the Broncos because you said before we started recording and I didn't even think about it, this is the most important game the Broncos have played since Tennessee in 2016. That's that was the game you pointed to. At least. And I I honestly hadn't even thought about that. Broncos are in the playoff hunt. They're playing meaningful games in December, and it has been since that Tennessee game in 2016, I suppose, uh, for
1: sure. I hadn't even put that together, so nice work on that one. Well, they were in the playoff hunt at that point going into Tennessee against the Titans. They were 8-4 and four, very much in the playoff hunt, and then they lose 13-10. to 10. And it was the end of Trevor Simeon and Gary Kubiak in Denver. So, I I mean, I'll even take it a step further. I think this is the biggest game since Super Bowl 50 because this is a playoff game. For all intents and purposes, this game on Sunday against the Bengals is a playoff game. Now, obviously, if they lose, it, it probably doesn't mathematically eliminate them but it basically eliminates them based on the, the the next three games against the Chargers Raiders and the chiefs, two of those games on the road. They may have a chance against the chiefs, but it depends upon how they play on Thursday night against the chargers. And they're having their, the chiefs are having their COVID issues and we can get, get into that when we do the whip around the league, but I I mean, this is is the biggest game for the Broncos since Super Bowl 50. And there was a point where big games in December wasn't huge news. Uh, But when it's the last five years for the Denver Broncos, yeah, this is the biggest game since Super Bowl 50.
0: Yeah, big game, big game, big game and big news, I agree with you. And it is interesting to note that, like you said, Moving forward, every game is an elimination game. And it's. I think it's mostly because if you look at the AFC picture, there are so many teams that are bunched up in that in-the-hunt scenario where, yes, you have Kansas City and New England. I can't believe we have to say that. Pretty much locked up at the top. I, I'm, I don't think Kansas City is going to falter that much, although, as you said, we'll talk about some of that later on. The rest of the AFC is... A, a grab bag or a smorgasbord of 500 teams. I mean, especially every, the AFC North, it's, the division that the Bengals are in. I feel like somebody's going to take like the teams and throw them up in the air and then they'll land in an order and that's just that's the order they'll go in because that is how this season is felt. And Ever since you said Lamar Jackson was the MVP, he has completely collapsed. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you owe people, all my a,
1: fault. You owe people an apology on that. But it has especially opened for the door. guys who had, especially for the listeners who had potential MVP yes. bets on Lamar Jackson Whoops. when he was at plus plus two thousand. Yeah. Well. And oh, now did he, I have one of those? Yes. Oh, I think, yes. I, I may have,
0: as I recall, you may have, you may have done that. And and but what it does do is it opens the door for the Bengals who are in the hunt, who are fighting for a playoff spot, who are fighting for that NFC North title. And that's the other thing that makes this game so important because you're playing another potential playoff team. Every game from here on out, except for maybe the Raiders, because I don't think the Raiders are really uh, a, a playoff team. I don't think they're really a contender. But well, every – they They've completely fallen yeah, off. Yeah, I mean, they've completely – ever since they
1: beat the Broncos. And that that was not fun. But by the way <laughs> – Sure, go for it. What the hell did the Raiders do on Sunday before the game? Why did they
0: gather on the logo? Because they decided to go stand inside the mouth of a dragon
1: and see if it would would eat them, and it did. And I Andy Reid is not afraid to eat anything. No. and He, man, he it was like free plate night at Golden Corral with the way the Chiefs played on Sunday against the Raiders. You, Holy you, smokes. You do not, you do not poke a bear. You don't poke
0: the bear. And I, it didn't make any sense to me the the decision to uh, you know provoke them into wanting to kick their butt. But the Raiders Raiders gonna Raider man. That's just uh, that's yeah. the only thing I can think to say
1: there. Raiders gonna Raider. So no matter who the coach is, they are going to Raider. And just, they Raidered. Something about My putting on God. that silver and black. It just
0: makes you do some things that are just highly questionable. I mean, they just lost
1: to the Washington football team. Yeah. I, and then you go into Kansas City yeah. after they just blew you out of Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that happened. Yep.
0: Then you stand on oh, their okay. logo at midfield. Yeah, smart.
1: Genius. Okay.
0: Genius, Genius level 1,000. LOL uh, Raiders. <laughs> hey, what, what are you doing? Just win, baby. Oh, my gosh. Just cut your hair differently cannot what is the deal with rich people and bad haircuts
1: like I mean he's, it's got to be a troll right he's I mean mega he, rich he, people Does he not own a mirror he does he has to this is this the, is but here's the thing since he is the spawn of Satan and Al Davis maybe he doesn't have a reflection that's a possibility but I will say this for Al Davis and once again you got
0: me out here defending Al Davis I have to do it again Al Davis was finally quaffed Al Davis had good hair. I, I I I don't get that. And he wore and he wore the Tony Soprano esque he, he did jumpsuit. The, the, the jumpsuit. He was look. Al Davis is awful, but Al Davis did some 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 good things. And I don't want to get too far into having to defend him, but the minority stuff was always a good thing from him. And quite Amy frankly, Trask. yeah. And quite, Amy, if you don't follow Amy Trask on Twitter, do it. You should. Hi,
1: go ahead. Follow Amy. She does a good job. But hi. That's her. That's her catchphrase. Yes, it's like, I... <laughs> it's like James Con end of tweet. <laughs> By the way, is there a well? Hello, way to oh, no, that's tweet? that's Troy Rink. <laughs> Jay, I mean, is there anything more mic drop worthy than James Con saying, "End of tweet. End of tweet." It's just a photo of of doing the Godfather. Godfather said, "End of tweet." Yeah,
0: actually I re- I I quote tweeted that and he liked my quote tweet and that's still one of my top what 37 moments in my in the history of my life. And yeah, I've boiled it down to 37 and no, I'm not going to get into the other 36 right now. Man, we got into the weeds on this we one. Okay, have, back what, to the Bengals. Is there football? Bengals, right, Bengals. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's there. He's a quarterback for the Bengals. I I do think the Bengals know. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a Yikes. wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. They have to know that this is a playoff game for the Broncos, but it's a playoff game for them as well. Oh, 100%. Uh, this, this is where we're at in, in the season is that all of these games have playoff implications, and so the Bengals are not coming into this uh, you know, overlooking or looking past the Broncos because they know they have to win this game. I think one of the things that happened – has happened for the Broncos this year is they have been overlooked. Teams have looked past them on occasion, a la say Dallas, for example, and thought about what was going to happen the following week. And the Broncos ended up being a trap game. This is not a trap game for them. Uh, the, the Bengals know they have to play well and they know they have to win and they're really at full strength. So you're not getting a weakened team. You're not getting the JV of the JV like the lions were. So, the the Broncos are gonna have to to put a pretty solid game plan together that involves controlling the football and not allowing Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to to do really big things down the field.
1: And that's why, to me, my key to the game is winning the turnover battle. Both of these teams are so close. I I mean, if you look at the team stats for both teams—they're—they're they're basically neck and neck with each other, offensively and defensively. I think the Bengals are obviously a little bit better offensively. As it stands, the the Bengals are 14th in overall offense, 11th in passing. Shockingly, that can't be right. I'm going to have to adjust this. There's no way the Bengals are 29th in scoring. Um, <laughs> I want to look that. I want to look up that stat. That that cannot be right. No, it's not. It has to be uh, left over from the Detroit game, um, but I, I think that's why it's so imperative that the Broncos win turnover battle because they're so close. And now that I have it up, yeah, the, the Bengals are seventh.
0: seventh. That makes more. That makes so much more sense than
1: 29th. Just <laughs> twenty. Yeah, they're so they're seventh in scoring. I, uh, so that's the biggest difference. The Broncos are 23rd. I So it, it is going to come down to turnover battle. If, if you can steal a few possessions away from Joe Burrow, whether it's interceptions, whether it's a strip sack, whether it's a, a Joe Mixon fumble, a fumble by the receivers, they need to win the turnover battle. They need to take possessions away from Joe Burrow and limit the damage that this offense can do because it is – a very effective, efficient, dangerous offense. Absolutely. And and part of that
0: efficiency is Joe Mixon. And so that that was my key to the game, contain the running attack from the Bengals, uh, prevent Joe Mixon from sort of taking over. He's He's been phenomenal for them this season. He is someone who, quite frankly, was supposed to be an, an incredible running back for them for the last, what, two or three seasons. And this has been the year where he really has been the maybe the most important weapon they have on offense, and I know the the flash plays from you know Joe Burrow throwing the ball to Jamar Chase and how great that looks and it, everything is wonderful, but frankly the offense runs through Joe Mixon, and he is uh, someone who can take over a game, and if the Broncos defense can't contain him and prevent him from doing that, then the Bengals will just run all over them. And uh, I'm I'm having flashbacks to was it was it Corey Dillon is that is that the name that I'm I'm trying to think of? <laughs> wow, uh, that's quite the flashback. It's, well, it's every time, right? Corey Dillon running for at the time a, a record like two hundred and seventy something games. Something. Yeah. yeah, It was insane. It was it was a, an
1: insane number that I don't want to talk about. But it was like the the Washington running back in Super Bowl twenty two.
0: Yes, Timmy Smith. Yeah, that's uh, that's another memory that's not so fond. Uh, but i was young then so it doesn't doesn't matter as much and and probably most of the people listening to this were either old enough to remember it or not alive i don't think there's much in between there i don't know what is the demographic of our don't do that stay out of the weeds keep it
1: on keep it on the road malnati geez <laughs> sorry and i uh, to me my key to the, my my players to watch it, it's going to be the offensive line and i'll even go on defense and it, it being mm-hmm. the defensive line They need to get not just getting pressure on Joe Burrow. They need to get pressure up the field. And the thing to watch out with Joe Mixon, you mentioned him being basically the tone setter for the Bengals. He does it as a receiver too. He's a lot like Austin Eckler. So in that sense, they have to be wary of that. But to me, they have to control the line of scrimmage. I know it's cliche, and I know we're coming up on the Fox John Madden special on Christmas Day and it's a very John Madden, Pat Summerall-esque statement. But the Broncos have to control the line of scrimmage. They have to be able to run the football, and they have to be able to stop Joe Mixon and get pressure on Joe Burrow. Because just like any quarterback, you get pressure on him. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to see ghosts. They're going to feel rushed. And that's where the secondary can make plays and get some interceptions.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm going to throw out the, the linebacker's uh, as well as my players to watch on defense, your Baron Brownings of the world, your your Jonathan Coopers, your Kenny Youngs those those guys are are going to have to do things to contain both. If Joe he Nixon, plays,
1: it looks like he might be in concussion protocol. Is, is I was gonna I was, I was going to ask because
0: Kenny Young did leave the game right with concussion symptoms. Are are they symptoms? Concussion like symptoms? Sure, I'll go with that. So by it, the
1: time people listen to this, Vic they Fangio will probably have met with the media and will start getting injury updates since they have Tuesdays off. Right. So just the linebacking
0: core in general, because as you said, up front they've got to control the line of scrimmage. But if Joe Mixon is getting out into the flat or or you know screen plays those kinds of things, they're going to have to control that. Uh, and and so I think that linebacking core is going to have to step up and. They, they did a nice job against the Detroit Lions, but that was the JV squad for the Lions, which is already a JV squad. So, quarterback by Jared Goff. Yeah, this, this is not this is a, this is a bigger issue. This is a bigger problem for the Broncos against the Bengals, and so that's who they've got to really pay attention to. And then on offense, I, I I'm just going to keep saying Javante Williams. Like I'm just going to keep saying it. I don't. I don't see any reason why I shouldn't just sit and watch Javante Williams be Javante Williams over and over and over again, and and I'll throw Melvin Gordon in there as well. The running yeah, attack he played but,
1: well on on Sunday.
0: You, you know, and I'm going to say something here because I think it's fascinating. He went out and played like a stud against the Lions, and I again, I know I've been saying it, it is. It was a a bad Lions team, but the Melvin Gordon Javante Williams combination is so good. And there are so many people on social media that hate on Melvin Gordon in Broncos country because of his contract, I think, more than anything else, that they forget to appreciate just how well he has played this year. He has been uh, one of the most important pieces to the entire puzzle all season. And when he plays well, when Melvin Gordon has good games, I would would venture a guess that those are the games that the Broncos win. And when he's not getting the ball as much and not playing very well – they maybe don't win those games. That's my guess. I haven't done any research, but I've watched every game, and that's just kind of how it feels to me. So I love to watch Javante Williams, and that's why I'm going to watch him, because the dude is a beast. He does not go down. But Melvin Gordon is he's sort of the he's the metronome. He's he's the one who keeps things moving. He keeps the pace of the game going. And then Javante Williams beats people up. What a fun combination that is, and that's why I like
1: to watch it. Dave Logan mentioned it on Sunday. I think the big thing for some with Melvin Gordon is the huge fumbles. And the one that comes to mind is the Eagles. He also, I think he fumbled against Washington, but I think he recovered it Mm -hmm. late in the game. So I I think that that's where some of it comes from. But yeah, I mean, he, he is the catalyst for this offense. If he's running, that means Javante Williams is running. And if they're both effective, then that makes the whole team better. In terms of the Broncos' defense, they should get Bryce Callahan back. And to get him back in the slot is going to be huge because that's going to push Kyle Fuller back out to the outside because Bryce Callahan is a much better slot cornerback than Kyle Fuller at this point. So they're going to get somebody back. He could have played against Detroit, but they wanted to give him an extra week. That That's going to be huge for this Broncos' defense to get him back and ready to go, yeah. There's, they're gonna need him. This is
0: gonna, this is an important game. This is their playoffs, and this is, this is what has to happen. So, all right, we got any score predictions here? I haven't I actually haven't written mine down yet because I haven't, I have not decided how I feel about this game. It's a home game. It's, it's gonna be a playoff atmosphere. I, I think I, I think I have a prediction.
1: I, I don't think I like it, but I'm, I'm gonna go with it. I'm going to go with 3124 Broncos. I'm actually going to predict a win. I think they're going to be able to to keep the emotional this emotional run going of De'Marius Thomas and they're going to use that to inspire them and motivate them to play the way they need to play and I think Broncos country is going to respond. This is the biggest game that they have seen at Mile High Stadium since the AFC championship game against the Patriots in 2016. Peyton Manning's last game at Mile High Stadium. And I think Broncos country is going to respond to that. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a typical Broncos December game. Hopefully we can get the weather to cooperate and it's not 60 degrees in December. But I'm going to go with the Broncos 1-31-24. All right, I like it. So um, I actually have written
0: down the score 24 21 Broncos. I'm with you on that. I actually think they are able to win this game, but I don't think there's as many points scored. I think this becomes uh, a, a situation where the defense kind of saves the day here a little bit. And I believe that Brandon McManus will kick a game winner that I'm calling it. I'm calling my shot right here right now. Brandon McManus as time expires field goal from like 34 yards. So let me write that down. Brandon McManus. 34-yarder to win. I'm writing it down so that I can then claim that the next time we, we talk about this game because that's that's what's going to happen. Could you imagine if that happens? What would we do? we immediately you, you go, need to to Vegas. go to Vegas. <laughs> immediately
1: go to Vegas. Well, you don't need to go to Vegas <laughs> that's now true. because – Well, you Please. do because you live in Illinois where they have that stupid –
0: well, I got, you know, I've got my I've policy got where you have apps. to go to the
1: casino and yeah, I know. I have sign an up app. for the apps. I have an app. I have, yeah, one you have app. an app instead of being allowed to get whatever app you want. I know. Crazy. Anyway, All I'm right. off my sports betting. I just think that's so stupid. <laughs> it is so, I mean, Las Vegas, does, Nevada does that. It's so stupid. Why are you making it more difficult for people to sign up for something that's legal?
0: Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. We've, we've derailed again. We've we, listen, sometimes, sometimes you got to take the detours and, and that's what you're going to do uh, when you go for a ride with us sometimes. So let's do this. Let's pull over for a little while and, and <laughs> gather ourselves. We'll, we'll come back. We'll do our whip around the league. We'll start with the AFC West and then we'll uh, check out everybody else. And then when we get done, we'll say go Broncos.
1: Adam, the good news, when the games start up on Thursday, We get the AFC West games basically right off the bat out of the way. Thursday night, Chiefs at Chargers. And then Saturday, the first game, before what I feel could be the game of the week, Raiders-Browns. And I think this is an instance where I think the Chiefs are actually going to lose on Thursday night. And a big part of that is – the catalyst for their defense, Chris Jones, is out with COVID.
0: Yeah the the thing that has made them sort of turn their season around has been the defense, um, led by Chris Jones, a healthy and, Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Mm-hmm. And so so you're not wrong, I think, in in recognizing the importance of Chris Jones to that defense, and then the importance of that defense to this Kansas City Chiefs team that has struggled this year until the defense figured things out. Uh, that is a that is a really good point. I, I'm not sure if I'm quite there yet. Um, I I think the Chiefs can pull this game out partly because they're playing in Los Angeles against the Chargers, so it's a home game because the Chargers don't have home games, and and that's I will never not make that joke. But I also I, I kind of feel like what you have seen is the defense has played well, which has allowed the offense to get back into a rhythm. And aside from what the Broncos were able to do to that offense, and this is, I think, one of the things that is giving me hope for later in the season for the Broncos, aside from what the Broncos did to that offense, in recent weeks, no one has really been able to stop them. And if you watch what the Chiefs did to the Raiders, if they do, if they come out and play half as good, they're still probably going to win that game. And the Chargers are, are facing some, some issues as well with – missing some guys on the COVID list and injuries and things like that. Don't know what's going on with Austin Eckler. I'm not sure if his – because he was a little banged up in that le- after their game. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with him. I know I have Mike Williams on my fantasy team, and he's sitting on the COVID-19 list, so I don't know if he's going to be available or not. And that was before Keenan Allen, right? I think Keenan Allen is back. He was he – um, he, he tested uh, negative – uh, he had, I, th- I think I actually heard what was a false positive. I'm not sure about that. So don't quote me on it, but um, they will have that weapon back. So th- this game is a little more interesting to me than, than just a blowout for either team. But I think the chiefs are probably going to be able to pull that one out. That's my guess. As far as the Raiders and the Browns, the Browns have looked pretty solid and Raiders going to Raider. So I-, I think the Browns probably win that game.
1: Yeah, I agree. And with Austin Eckler, he was back limited uh, to practice on Tuesday, so he should be he should be good to go. I, I I just think the Chiefs. I don't know how much of how much they're gonna miss Chris Jones. I think he is huge to what that defense does. And keep in mind, the Chargers went on the road and beat the Chiefs in Kansas City earlier this year, and Brandon Staley runs a similar defense to what Vic Fangio does. So he will have seen what Vic Fangio did a couple of weeks ago to the Chiefs. That's fair. That's fair. I look. I, I'm. You know me. I'm
0: terrible at predictions, and so I, I. I guess I'm. I'm fine if the Chargers beat the Chiefs. That I think that's probably. I don't know. Is that good for the? That's the other thing. What's good for the Broncos' playoff hopes? Probably a, a Chargers loss at this point, because that sort of brings them back down and brings the Broncos back up a little bit. But that being said. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? I'm 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 on the Chiefs on this one. You're on the Chargers, and, and that's fine. I think we're both on the Browns in the next game, yes. which because you know Raiders. But uh, then there's some there are some interesting games starting on Saturday night as well, uh, because the Patriots, because of what they have been doing, have become a, a fascinating story, and we have to pay attention to it, even if we don't want to.
1: And what's fascinating about this game is both teams are coming off their bye. And there is no secret what the Colts do offensively. That's run the ball with Jonathan Taylor. What does Bill Belichick typically do with his defense? He takes what you do well offensively away. So Bill Belichick is going to force Carson Wentz to beat them.
0: Yeah, I think that's a smart play.
1: if I had it's not going to happen
0: yeah uh let's see have Jonathan Taylor beat us or Carson Wentz beat us I think I'll I'll go with the Wentz option because he's not as good as Jonathan Taylor and so that's the right way to do that no I I think you're right Belichick is is uh your coach of the year I'm gonna I'm I'm calling my shot now that he's pretty much sewn up the the award but I'm gonna call it he's coach of the year so enjoy that those of you who made that bet and uh this will be just another game where he says, see, I told you I was pretty good at my job. Only he'll say it like, I told you I was good at my job. And that's that's my Bill Belichick no, no, no. in person. I don't know. On to Cincinnati. Do they play Cincinnati? Because I do hope that he gets no, no,
1: no, to say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think – I will say, though, the Colts offensive line is really good. Yes, it is. So this, this, this is going to be a fascinating matchup. Because I think Frank Reich is equal to the task – of what he's going to be able to do offensively. We'll see what he's we'll see what schemes and and things he has up his sleeve. Because Bill Belichick is going to do everything he can to ensure that if they lose it's going to be because of Carson Wentz. It's not going to be because of Jonathan Taylor. So that's going to be a fascinating matchup. The other thing to keep in mind with this game is Mac Jones was added to the injury report. So Whatever is that means, that, right? Is that games with? Is that Bill Belichick playing games? Like, oh, hey, look, our rookie quarterback is no, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a uh, little injury. He's got a uh, got a knock on his. He's gonna be fine. <laughs> it, it, both both, he, he,
0: both of his shoulders are knocked yeah, up. We're gonna, we're gonna reevaluate. Well, uh, we'll reevaluate when we uh, get a little closer. We'll reevaluate it. What? <laughs> Speak up, Bill. We've
1: been doing the this rest for twenty five years. The rest of these games, I think. Uh, on sunday i i think they're all I, i'm not looking i don't like you know
0: I'm, what i'm curious about I, I, eh, we've talked a little maybe bit about packers it. ravens packers ravens is is one just because of aaron rodgers and what what the packers are doing ken lamar jackson who is still injured he's i don't th- he's not playing so uh you know can the ravens overcome that probably not the game I, that actually sort of popped out to me and you're going to hate me for this it's cowboys giants but but let me let me defend myself a little bit here it's Cowboys Giants because of Michael Parsons. Uh Michael Parsons oh <laughs> Michael Parsons was almost my draft crush last year. Um I you you know me, I love a good linebacker. And uh, you know, I still you know still miss my Roquan Smith. You know, he's 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 banged up right now in, in Chicago. But what Michael Parsons is doing is insane. It, it, it is important to note, what he is doing is matching Defensive Player of the Year numbers for guys like Khalil Mack. He's already Uh, topped and and has already passed what Khalil Mack has done or did in his year of winning Defensive Player of the Year. Thank you, Ross. And he's a rookie. And he's a he's he's. It is incredible to sort of see. So I'm curious, how well do the Cowboys play against the Giants, and how well does he play against the Giants? Because that Giants team is horribad. They're terrible. (laughs) So it would be it, it. This is an opportunity for that Cowboys defense to really crush a team. And so I'm here for it because I've got the Cowboys defense on my fantasy, uh, lineup in one of my leagues. And so let's, let's see what happens there. And also just watching Michael Parsons do what he's doing. You'd like to appreciate things like that. I mean, that's one of the things I'm, I'm trying to be more appreciative of greatness, right? No matter where it comes from, even if it's wearing a star on its helmet, uh, Unless it's the Chiefs or the Raiders, I can't do that. I won't go that far, but I, I can skirt that for the Cowboys here and and appreciate what Micah Parsons is doing because it is it, it's just impressive. It's incredible what he's doing. So I watch that game just because I want to see what he does.
1: I <clears throat> I've said this on this podcast and I've said it to you when we when I watched the Cowboys Saints on Thursday night a couple weeks ago. I did not get the hype for that Cowboys offense. It's not good. Kellen Moore is not good. I, and to me, the key for the Cowboys is Dak Prescott. I think that's one of the main reasons that Washington got back into the game last Sunday against the Cowboys when they got out to a huge lead was because of Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is going to be what leads this team to success in the playoffs and makes Michael Irvin happy, or it's going to be what makes Jerry Jones want to pick up hookers in an elevator and leads Michael Irvin to do more blow.
0: Ooh, two shots in, in the same sentence. I like it. It is pulling no punches. Uh, and, and, you know, not, not necessarily being dishonest there. There's some, definitely some honesty to it. So, uh, you know, whatever they're doing, I don't really care. Michael Parsons on the field. That's fun to watch. So I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that for myself. Um, the other game? Yes, yeah, you said.
1: You called your shot with Bill Belichick. I'm calling my shot. Tom Brady is the MVP. Yes, he is. And God. the fact that they lost to the Saints earlier this year, I, I, I have a feeling that Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles are going to want to blow out. Sean Payton and the Saints.
0: Yeah, as an Alvin Kamara owner who is already struggling with the whole Taysom Hill poaching touchdowns thing, I just can't stand Taysom Hill in general. I, could it be like a a blowout where they they still allow Alvin Kamara to score a couple of touchdowns? So that I mean, I'm in the playoffs <laughs> I, really here. I doubt it. I need I need the points. I need the points from my reliable point scorers. That's the idea. Uh, I'm in a bit of a, a big matchup and, and Alvin Kamara is a, uh, I just, I need points. So, you know, like a 20, let's just, let's just say that the Tampa Bay beats the saints 54 to 27, right? Something like that. How about that? Right. They double their score. That's a blowout. And also I get my Alvin Kamara points. I like that scenario.
1: I just don't see this Tampa (laughs) defense allowing anything to Taysom Hill. God, I do. I we say it every time we talk about him. I don't
0: understand the fascination. And then, of course, I say it, and he goes out and he scores, uh, you know, a touchdown, and everyone's like, "Oh, he scored a touchdown." I, I get it. I don't.
1: I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm a disgruntled Alvin Kamara owner. Don't get it. It is going to be fascinating to see how Tampa responds to that loss from the super the Caesars Superdome in New Orleans so I, I I'm I'm curious about that I'm also curious about the Rams because now Odell Beckham has covid we saw what they did uh, an impressive performance in the desert and for the life of me Brian greasy said this how the hell do you explain the the Cardinals being unbeaten on the road and have a losing record at home it's uh
0: one of those cool, like, mystery, history's mysteries, right? It's one of
1: life's I, I guess, I don't know if it's a losing record at home, but they're not. As, but how, I mean, how I do you lose it, at I home? Know. So I, I'm curious how the Rams, after a big win like that, respond to the Seahawks coming into SoFi Stadium, Matt Stafford coming off probably the biggest win of his NFL career. Yeah, I would say that's probably an accurate statement. But I think the thing that the Rams have going for them, and that's something that a lot of teams wish they had, Aaron Donald. Yeah, it's like cheating, right?
0: Hey, at least the Cardinals are on the road and they'll get a win against the Lions. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get
1: involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.